for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your aforementioned host, Art Stapleton, coming to you from the press box at MetLife Stadium, and the Giants have done it again. 1916 over the Carolina Panthers, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, the New York Giants are 2-0. I'm not sure anyone would have thought that. Dable and Shane included, but here we are. A lot to get to in this post-game podcast, wrapping up another big win for this franchise. This is a team that couldn't get out of its own way, seemingly for each of the last three coaching tenures. And coincidentally, Ben McAdoo in 2016 won his first two games. That's the last time the Giants have started a season 2-0. McAdoo in the building as the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers and the Giants with a huge defensive stand late, and we'll get to that in a second. And then Daniel Jones, he was shaky today. Wasn't great. Was a little jittery in the first half. Should have had a pick at the end of the first half. Went through former Jet Frankie Louvu's hands. But when the game was on the line, and the Giants needed a play call. They didn't go conservative. They put the ball in Jones's hands, called for a naked bootleg, just under two minutes to go on a third and five. And Daniel Jones rolled out, eluded a defender, Henry Anderson, and was able to get upfield for 11 yards on a scramble. And the Giants ultimately need out the game for the win. So I'll take you right to the post-game press conference. I think Brian Dable is pretty good post-game, all things considered. I think he lets out some emotion. I think he talks a little bit about this team and where they're at, but he continued to talk process. And the funny thing is, is that was a Joe Judge-ism, process over results, and the results just never came for Judge and Giants. The results are coming for Brian Dable. And I think there's a little surprise with the way this team is approaching the game and the trust that this team or these coaches are putting in for this team. And at this point, when you talk to the players, I talked to Andrew Thomas, I talked to Xavier McKinney, actually talked to Julian Love tonight. We'll get that in a second. And then they just talk about the trust that these coaches continue to show them, regardless of who's out there on the field. Wink Martindale didn't blink. He kept coming after Baker Mayfield in this Panthers offense, even after they lost Leonard Williams to a knee injury. That was a huge loss up front for this team. And they just kept coming. They will play a certain way on third down. And what Dable told the team in the locker room afterwards 
If we lost this game, I could live with it because I know what we're doing during the week is the right thing. That they have a sound plan. That they're bonding as a team. That the coaches are putting plans together that are working. That are giving them an opportunity to be in this situation. And I think when it comes down to watching this Giants team, that's the way they're playing. They're, they're a tough team. They're taking punches where they need to take punches, and they're bouncing back. And, yes, they are creative offensively and defensively. And it does come down to the way they call the game. You know, I had some people tell me on social media in the first half when things weren't going well for this offense that the Giants were too gimmicky down, down in the red zone. I looked at that as creative. They were trying to be creative. The plays didn't work. And maybe they did get a little cute. But late in the second half, when they needed a play, they went with a full house backfield of Matt Breda in the slot. They had Gary Brightwell at fullback, and they had Saquon Barkley at halfback. They sent Breda on a jet sweep. They sent Saquon for an outside zone play, and they gave an inside handoff to Gary Brightwell, and he ended up getting the first down. It was a big play for the Giants in that situation. If it doesn't work, people think you get too cute. So that's definitely something to think about. All right, let's talk about first uh, the defensive play. And at third and five, just short of midfield, the Panthers were in a situation, and... Wink Martindale came with yet another blitz, but I'll have more from Julian Love and Xavier McKinney and what they told me about that play uh, on Monday morning for all of our subscribers, so make sure you check that out. I'll break down the play even more so. But what McKinney told me was the Panthers had been sliding their protection on the offensive line to his direction regardless of where he was. And part of that started because McKinney was coming on blitzes. He had two knockdowns at the line of scrimmage early in the game. And right away that got the attention of the Panthers, and they were now going to slide protection to wherever McKinney was, especially when Leonard Williams went out because now McKinney is your biggest playmaker on the field. So what Wink Martindale did is had McKinney on the left side of the defense and Julian Love on the right, and they both were blitzing. So they were double blitzes off the edge with two safeties. And I don't know if the Panthers were prepared for that, especially not with the speed that Love and McKinney had. So Love gets home, sacks Baker Mayfield. So instead of a third and five, you now have a fourth and 16. It was a loss of 11. And the Giants forced the Panthers to punt. And they never got the ball back. And the reason they didn't get the ball back is because the Giants offensively found something on the ground. And then when the game mattered most, they didn't play it conservatively. They gave Daniel Jones the option. Naked bootleg, rolled out right. He had Saquon Barkley in the flat, open for a second. But then the defender closed pretty quickly on Barkley. So Jones made a good decision. He stopped. Henry Anderson kind of ran past him a little bit. 
and then Jones went upfield into the open area and slid after the sticks. And just like that, the Giants had the opportunity to essentially run out the clock, which they did. And just the 13th win here at MetLife Stadium against 28 losses since the start of the 2017 season. So basically, the Giants were 2-0 in 2016 to start the year. And ever since that season that ended with 11 wins and a playoff berth for Ben McAdoo, when everything fell apart in 2017, the Giants have now only won their 13th game. They were previously 12-28 and 28 at home. And that says a lot about this crowd. Coming out here today, what a difference a win in Week 1 makes. Because even though the crowd booed the offense at the end of the first half, and even though these fans aren't necessarily buying in completely to the Giants and where they're at, nor should they. You know, this is still a flawed team. This is still a developing team. But you'd much rather be 2-0 and than 1-1 and or 0-2. And they could have easily been all three. So you embrace the win for what it is. And you move on. Now, a big factor today, what we're going to end up talking about a lot, is Kenny Galladay got the Kadarius Tony treatment from week one. But at least Kadarius Tony played seven snaps. Kenny Galladay played two snaps today. And on one hand, it's a refreshing situation where nobody's on scholarship, that it doesn't matter that Kenny Galladay is being paid $72 million or at least part of a $72 million contract. But the under end of things is Kenny Galladay is being paid $72 million over the course of his contract given to him by the previous administration and can't get on the field and make plays. And that's ultimately a big picture problem. But I can't blame Brian Dable or Joe Shane, for that matter, for being willing to just play the players that fit this offense. David Sills played over 90% of the snaps today. David Sills. And I know Sills' army stand up, but when it comes down to what you anticipate... You can look at David Sills' numbers and say, okay, well, what did he actually do? Did he do anything in the game? Well, I mean, let's look. I'll go right to the the stats and I'll call them up for you and tell you what David Sills did for the Giants. Again, David Sills... Four targets, three catches, 37 yards. Richie James, five catches, 51 yards. Sterling Shepard had 10 targets. Six catches for 34 yards. As I look up to see the Rams, Jalen Ramsey just picked off Atlanta. I assume it's Mariota, quarterback in the end zone. Got have the Rams in one of my knockout pools, so uh, I'm a little riveted for that, so don't blame me for being a little distracted. 
But when you look across the board, Daniel Bellinger had one catch for 16 yards, his first career touchdown. Saquon Barkley had three catches for 16 yards. Kadarius Toney played a lot more today than he did last week. Two catches for zero yards, only three targets. So this was not a passing game by any stretch. This was not an offensive game by any stretch. But this offense came through when it counted. And I think that really mattered most because we've seen this Giants offense in that situation trying to run run a game out and get stopped on that third down. How many times over the last couple of years have they run a play on third down hoping to get a first down, not thinking they would, hoping that they'd get a first down, run the clock, and then put it on the defense? I tell you what, in past years, they get stopped – they punt it away, and then Carolina drives down the field and either kicks a field goal to force overtime or wins the game. You know it, and I know it. That's what's going to happen. And that didn't happen. You know, Saquon Barkley, I believe, had three yards rushing in the first half. He finishes 21 carries, 72 yards. That's a great second half for Saquon. That really is. And it says a lot about him and this offensive line. I know sometimes stats can be hollow, but they had zero yards rushing in the first half. Saquon finishes with 72 for the game, uh, and I think that says a lot about what they were able to do the second half. It was nothing flashy. There's still things that concern me about the offense, but for this game, and, and let's make no mistake, I think the Titans' defense, by the end of the season, we're going to look at them and say, you know what, they were a pretty good defense. I think this Carolina Panthers' defense is pretty good. I think they have some talent all over the place, really. I mean, Brian Burns was unblockable today. He gave Evan Neal headaches. He moved inside and gave Mark Lewinsky headaches. He even gave Andrew Thomas a couple bad snaps. And, whoa, Andrew Thomas had a couple bad snaps. So now all of a sudden we're going to talk about you know, Andrew Thomas and how things, how he, they struggled. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see Andrew Thomas next week against Dallas on Monday Night Football. But the Giants are doing the things they need to do to win games. They're not gaining any style points. Props to Graham Gano, four field goals, two of over 50 yards. And that goes to putting the trust in, too, in, in Gano. You know, Dable deciding after talking to Thomas McGahee to give Gano a shot. And he actually said it was about a yard and a half outside of the range they felt comfortable with in the beginning of the game during warm-ups. So that's an aggressive play in that situation to give Gano an opportunity to kick that field goal that put them up 19-16. You know, they don't take that field goal, and who knows where this game ends up in overtime. Giants lose the toss, Panthers go down, they get a score, and and maybe we're talking about a different game and why Brian Dable didn't kick that field goal. So that was not a conservative play. I think that was an aggressive play to give Gano a shot from 56 yards. That wasn't a layup. So that's where we're at. Now, like I said, I talked to Julian Love tonight. Uh, he was out of the locker room before the media got in there. I was able to reach out to him and got him. Uh, a great inside story on that third down sack that ultimately changed the game. 
I'll have that for you in the morning at NorthJersey.com. And then we'll talk about it a little bit this week. Already booking the guests for this week. Right now, it looks like we're going to have David Sills on Wednesday. Uh, Giants have a little bit of a funky week because of Monday Night Football. And then we're back here at MetLife next Monday. The 2-0 Giants against the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys, who at the moment are leading the Cincinnati Bengals at Jerry World. Uh, so they could come in at 1-1. One and one. But that'll wrap it up from here. Again, the Giants 2-0 after a 19-16 win. And if you're a Giants fan, I'll just repeat what Brian Dable said. Appreciate the process for where it is. This team feels like it's moving in the right direction. It feels like that they believe in each other. So enjoy it. Just enjoy it. If they end up 2-15, and 15, they end up 2-15. and 15. Enjoy what's going on right now because, Giants fans, you have not had an opportunity like this in a while. And unlike 2016, don't make it a flash in the pan. Make this stick. And I think that's kind of where you're going to judge this season based off of. So thanks for listening to All In. We appreciate you being All In. And I'm going to head home now and get out of MetLife. And we'll see you this week. Thanks for listening. And as always, appreciate it.